do have a quip. We'll both have a quip. It's just cadals. Better pep pep. Ping pong pong ping ping. Beep boop beep boop. Make them count, boys. Because yeah. this is witty banter. Cash those checks. The second <laughs> annual <laughs> final episode. You've been holding back the you beats. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> Put them on the table. <laughs> you asked for it, so we're giving you another final episode. <laughs> yep. All right. Just like you wanted it, of course. Back by popular demand. Absolutely. The end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My name, of course, is Max. I'm your host with us today. Mr. Hunter Dorset, how are you doing, Hunter? What is up, peeps? Glad to have you all in my humble abode. I'm so glad to have you back because we also have... Reunited. Yeah, everybody's reunited because in the same room, mm. after a very long time, it's Mr. Chase, Chase Williams, how are you? How's it going? And before we go through all of these names without nicknames, we should introduce Max by his true colors now. What Max, blue cheese butt, Scott. Okay. <laughs> blue cheese butt? Why am I blue cheese butt? We'll get there in a minute. I'm yeah, like, okay, I yeah, why. of course. Okay, cool. And that's not to be confused with really better Max. Yes. Max Keller. <laughs> we could call him Better Max. Better Max <laughs> is also here. It's been a long time since we've been in the same room. It's been about 18 months, I think, since we had Woody Banter Everybody? Goes to the Moon. I think so. Yeah. Well, that's no, a while you did, ago. You were you on did an, the end of the you year. You were on an end of year episode. This is, I think, your third episode. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you were on that, that year, last yeah. year. Yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, I remember listening to it in Japan. Yeah. Cool. Your Absolutely. voice in my ears. <laughs> hey, in, in Japan. Country. International. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the internet. It's a magical place for sure. Uh, but we're all together, reunited again. I'm excited about this episode. It's going to be pretty laid back. It's going to be pretty cash, you know, not like yeah. our normal stuffy, uptight, regulated, routine. Suits telling you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got it, him yeah. out of here, man. We're going independent, all right? No <laughs> longer sponsored. Baby casting. <laughs> Absolutely. This is for the babies out there, yeah. for sure. The babies have been asking for their own episode, and you've got it. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but we all know what babies love to do. They love to get drunk. That's yes. for sure, for sure. <laughs> when so they're we're teething, absolutely, you know oh, what you got to put in absolutely. their lips? Absolutely. They're crying. You're like, oh, my God, give this kid some whiskey. Yeah. Like, come on, Thank right? You. That's what we do, right? <laughs> That's still okay, but we're going to be drinking a very special beer today yeah this is pretty crazy because this one was personally brought to the table by max kelleher he he puts his stamp of approval on it he would not let us leave it's beyond the stamp of approval yeah absolutely uh what are we drinking today though okay we got the rocket fuel by eighth wonder brewery which is a vietnamese coffee porter guys oh shit that actually sounds awesome (laughs) yes uh it just says porter infused with cold brew coffee and milk sugar a pleasantly robust dark roast complemented by subtle creamy sweetness prepare for delicious liftoff oh my god i love the tagline that is good perfect amount of information it is short too it's got a little you know quip what's that three sentences in the episode dude yeah (laughs) right there we like it we're out thank you we're done so so better max why did you like why this beer? You got to go ahead and give us the get on your soapbox for it because yeah. So when I in we three sentences at, or less, <laughs> <laughs> we were up at Johnson Space Center back when I worked at NASA, and uh, right down the road we had a Vietnamese like po sandwich spot. You that took was us delicious. there one time. We yeah. went there, and that's the only time I ever had this. The, the first time I had the Eighth Wonder was over there with the Vietnamese sandwich, the Vietnamese coffee porter, went hand in hand, and man, it was a match made in heaven. After that, every time I see Eighth Wonder rocket fuel on the menu. I'm getting, I'm getting that one. I'm getting a pint of that for sure. It says rocket fuel, which makes it think like this is probably going to be high alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's 4.6. Yeah. Which is like a disclaimer that I made Max disclose to me. Yeah. was like, how how high of an alcohol is he? He's like 4.6. 18 IBUs. So I just like the fact that when you get a dark brew that's going for something specific, right? Vietnamese coffee porter. 
They're not like, it's got to be 12%. Right. Then it just is like, you're a big guy and you're big boy <laughs> beer britches. Yeah. It's it puts it really drink. big on the can. Choke Please this hold down. it facing yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. You're not a pansy ass. <laughs> you're definitely not a pansy ass, Chase, because you, like you are double fisting right now. You're I am literally double, double fisting. fisting rye whiskey and uh, a Vietnamese fuel. And <laughs> rocket fuel. Guys. Oh, uh, yeah, so I'm drinking the Woody Creek Distillers Colorado Straight 100% rye mash whiskey. This is actually one that I had given Hunter when we were moving uh, away from Austin. And before I had been drinking whiskey, I would have looked at this bottle and just been like, yeah, just get rid of it. I don't. We don't need all this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. When I came to your house to see what you had, because I know you had uh, liquor left over, I was like, oh my God, he's got this? Yeah. Because I'm very excited. I know this is art. Like... Spoilers, guys. This is a great whiskey. I'm super excited yeah. to drink it. It's uh, It says handcrafted in small batches, aged a minimum of two years in new American oak. I don't know if that means it's finished uh, for two years after like a longer stint because only aging a whiskey for, for two, two years, years seems, seems sort of out of play. Super yeah. short. Uh, maybe I can look that up later, but it's a 45% alcohol by volume, so a little lighter, which means it's just going to be more drinkable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, double fisting. Yeah, absolutely. The double fist chase. That's what they call everybody them. calls them that. Absolutely. But, but back I, to the blue cheese. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You literally please scared explain that to people me. at my party <laughs> with the amount. Like just the. It's one thing if you're going to eat a lot of blue cheese. Right. I get it. That's I can. A, I ate a lot of blue cheese. Yeah, you can, A lot of us ate a lot of blue cheese. Sure. You can squirt a little away, but when you get it done in like six bites, you took out almost a whole quarter. <laughs> wedge of blue cheese like dude. an eight ball of blue cheese <laughs> what happened <Because laughs> all I, at once i feel like the chase the salami chase the cheese chase it's all rang true but now you're fighting for the title like what's going on here? i'm trying to give you a little Cheesy bit of competition Max. here yeah absolutely no i mean i've just you go to a party and there's a lot of spread right and there's a good amount of people at the party but you know that a lot of this food is not getting eaten yeah and you're like yeah. look i can't do that to the hard working <laughs> mother who probably put sure. that all together yeah. of course it was paying respect to your mom wow yeah i'm thought, not going to step would, on that yeah absolutely not so i jumped in there Got some handfuls of cheese. Now, did it react in your stomach the way you thought it would? Well, everybody else reacted first. <laughs> <laughs> By getting the Which then away. made me confused and go, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then that's when it all kind of hit me all at once. And you get that nice, cheesy throat <laughs> yeah. coating yeah. as you eat a whole bunch oh, of cheese right all at nasal. once. It's heavy in the A tablespoon of honey on every bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a delicious addition, too, as well. <laughs> and you think that you're done. You're like, oh, yeah, you guys are right. I'm tapped out of this cheese. But I think we walked away for about two minutes and came back. Yeah. Probably... With some gouda in I there. was thinking <laughs> about it because, yeah, they had an amazing spread at Chase's party. And uh, I was thinking about it the next day. I was like, I, one thing I would not like to do is watch a video of myself taking bites of everything Dude, that I... you know they say that that's actually good therapy to get you to uh, stop overeating? Yeah, I think showing that's, yourself eat food. Yeah. Like, if you watch yourself eat food, it, it usually, like, disgusts people to the degree that they, like, will change their behaviors almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Really? And I think that's yeah. exactly what would have happened if I had watched myself because yeah, I ate a lot of the little, uh, you know, the tomato and the, the, the mozzarella skewers. skewers yeah, those were great. The little, little like, uh, bow tie pasta and sun-dried tomatoes mm, thing. Because oh, you could eat good. them like cartoon chicken wing style. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, you can bring your mouth and you pull out the toothpick and you're done. Oh, man, that was delicious. So I had like so. 18 of those. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one or two. Or and then 18. I really got started. <laughs> oh, man. Some wild times, man, for sure. But okay, a lot of, second yeah. annual final episode? Second What's, annual final episode. Give me the details. What's going on? Meaning that, unfortunately, things are kind of coming to a close. We're growing up, all right? Our lives <laughs> are sad. spreading out. Just a bit. You may have noticed in the last episode, it was hard to get us all even together. Yeah, dude. Honestly. We had a pretty lonely stint there towards tough. the end. It was tough. It was tough. No, absolutely. But I think in this episode, we're going to be rehashing some things, you know, going back, thinking about on the good times, you know, before all whatever's happening now is going on, you know. Right. Just really thinking about that. And uh, we got some other fun things planned. We're going to be talking with Max here, catching, catching up, on up his with his life yeah. because it Out gets crazier and crazier. Yeah, all it never time. stops. Whenever <laughs> we're like, man, we three are boring. We need to get somebody actually like, Awesome on the Who show. things. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be talking to him about that. But before we even get into that, I think we got a game plan too as well. We do. So. Uh, you know, it's kind of a pretty good way to go out on Witty Banter with only a single piece of mail in the uh, the inbox. And it's <laughs> okay. none other than Dunter Horset. <laughs> the tried and true. Uh, and, you know, we're recording around Christmas, just after Christmas. So this is a Christmas song trivia game. I love it. There's nine questions, so three apiece. And you guys are going to be able to answer... Or choose them at random, and okay. uh, you're gonna get multiple choice decisions here. So who okay. wants to go first? Well, before this, I do. I would be remiss to not get into the banter here a little oh, bit. Oh boy! So <laughs> that's true. I, I agree. This is the final witty banter. Man, that felt good. Mm-hmm. That feel good. Sounds like someone died in here. It was reverent. Those okay. were reverent beeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? Let's lock the game out. Suck it to me. All right, wow. dude. Pick Christmas one hunter. through nine. Uh, seven. Seven. All right. Good choice. Here we go. First question. Everyone get hyped. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, what is the best-selling Christmas, Christmas slash holiday single in the United States? Is it Blue Christmas by Elvis? All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey, White Christmas, Bean Crosby, or Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt. I feel like All I Want for Christmas is the one I always think about. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. See I, on commercials Carey. I know that it's like in the league with some of the ones that have been around for like 40 years before it, right? Like White Christmas, Bing Crosby. Right. That's yeah. like been around for a whole 40 years. It's pretty crazy to make a new classic Christmas song. Yeah. Longer the same, than there man. are not many of them. In the same way that like Elf kind of just elbowed its way. Yeah. As yeah. A yeah. Modern classic. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Like wow. Modern classic. That is wild. Yeah. So I'm going to say All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. All right. He's locking in. And sorry, dude. You're not on the board yet. Fuck. It's White Christmas by Bing Crosby. That's what I thought. That would be. Then why didn't you say that? Yeah. It's well, a syrupy classic voice. <laughs> it's not one. It's the other. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to kick it over to Better Max. Hey. <laughs> go clockwise. <laughs> okay. Pick a number one through nine, not number seven. Let's go three. All right. Number three. That's what I would have picked, too. You would have, right. you would have bookended that's it. That's cute. Don't do that. Yeah, that's very true, actually. <laughs> I have strategies. All right. From the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, there is a line about not wanting to touch the Grinch with a pole. How long is that pole? I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Mr. Grinch. All right, well, that's but the answer. Freaking so. gimme. Oh, yeah. Pretty easy. On Coming the board. Out of the Pretty easy. Coming out of the gate. Or maybe he's just a Christmas genius. That could be <laughs> it. A, a theme that you will definitely pick yes. up on. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. All right, give me number one. Number one, the first. Dane Ersta. All right. In Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the name of the reindeer are listed. Two of the names of the reindeer were changed since they were originally written in a poem. What were the original names that were ultimately changed? Yeah, that sounds fair. 
We've got Dauker and Prouncer, Donder and Blixum, Comet and Furshin, Tainzer and Tansire. Tainzer? <laughs> yeah, dude. There's an umlaut on that bitch. Yeah, these are German. <laughs> that sounds fuck. pretty, because I'm thinking like, okay, I'll go with the ones that they obviously changed. Uh-huh. But, or like that sound like the ones that are in there now. But those last ones seem pretty like Super so far German. out that they're like, no, yeah. they're not going to be able to hang with that in any other culture. So I'm going to go with D. Well, the answer is B. Motherfuck. <laughs> Donder and Blixum. Blixum? <laughs> yeah, dude. Because it's Blitzen. Yeah, I get where they went with it afterwards. Yeah. But, but is it actually that way That's in ac- German? No, no, no. So in German, it's Donner and Blitzen, Thunder and Lightning. So why? Oh, I don't wow. know. Why was it Blitzum before? I don't know. It could have been not <laughs> written in German. It could, maybe it that was like true. Flemish or something. Yeah, very true. There are other cultures out there. I can't believe the freaking meatball that you got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone Mr. K. Was that, was that <laughs> easy? Jeez. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, number five. Excuses number are already coming up, man. We're one <laughs> round in. <laughs> okay, Hunter. According to the book America's Songs by Philip Furia and Michael Lasser, what was almost the name of the classic Silver Bells song? Ooh. Was it Christmas Time in the City, Ring-a-Ling, Santa's Big Day, or Tinkle Bells? Oh, I hope it's Santa's Big Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last two sound stupid. Yeah, well, I think I well, think the you should change them. So uh, it was it's Christmas Time in the City is Christmas, A. Yeah, Christmas Time in the City. B is what? Ring-a-Ling. <laughs> I'm gonna say A. Wow. You're incorrect. Oh. <laughs> That's incredible. The answer's Tinkle Bells. <laughs> Was it really Tinkle Bells? Oh, yeah. That is oh. awful. It's <laughs> pretty gross to say. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm gonna go, I'll, go the, uh, I'll go the chase route. Give me number nine. Number nine. See, it works, dude. It All pads odds. Out. Okay. What was the first Christmas song to mention Santa Claus? Is it A, Up on the Housetop? B, Santa Claus is Coming to Town? C, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree? Or D, Frosty the Snowman. Ooh. This is also seems easy. What was A and B? A, up on the housetop. B, Santa Claus is coming to town. What was the first song to mention Santa Claus? I mean, you can't, it can't be Santa Claus is coming to town. You're not going to have an entire song around a character that doesn't have yeah, like he's got an be established lore. It's like a side <laughs> character. You know what I mean? I'm between well, A and D. You can come out strong with the lore. Yeah. Maybe that's what made Santa Claus one of you. Yeah, all it needed was a jingle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit or a tinkle. So I, don't, I don't remember the lyric of Santa Claus in Frosty the Snowman. Well, that's why he was just a B-list character back then. Mm-hmm. Frosty used to be the main. He made state. a cameo, I think, in there. But I'm I can't. I'll go with A. A, just be gut feeling. Just in the gut. Well, that's amazing because that's I correct. thought it was hey! A too. Hey! <laughs> what the. God. Trust the gut, man. Oh, Bookend it and trust the gut. That's the chase book method. Bookend and trust the gut. All At right. this point forward, you guys are going to start getting questions. I think Hunter's basically hey. out of the running. <laughs> Max, for, number, freaking barf on me. Number here. two, please. <laughs> Joke. Number two, please. All right, man. Your question. Uh-huh. Jingle Bells is a classic song yes, sung at is. Christmas time, but it was originally written to be sung on what holiday? Thanksgiving, Three Kings Day, St. Nicholas Day or New Year's? New uh, St. Nicholas Day. Is that the one where you put your shoes outside and he like fills them up with stuff? I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, is that not right? I feel like Are that you making that up or? I don't think so. Maybe my parents did. I don't know. <laughs> um I feel like Jingle Bells like that's a New Year's Eve kind of thing, right? 
All the bells are out. They're jingling. And hey, everybody, it's a new year. Yeah. So I'm going to go with New Year's Day. All right. Anybody else? Wanna... <laughs> I thought it was New Year's Day as well. Really? There's no mention of Santa Claus or anything. It's all about slaying, right? It's a slaying song It's about tonight. being in oh, the snow and yeah. enjoying yourself. Yeah. Get slayed. Go slay yourself. Yeah. Slay something. <laughs> That's what Slayer is original. Just straight up, just <laughs> slay. All right. Uh, the answer is Thanksgiving. What? Believe it or not. Wow. There's a Thanksgiving song? No, there's yeah, there's Jingle Bells. You've been singing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh that was number two. Um, God, meatball Max. Okay. We've got three <laughs> questions left. Yeah. So this is just for pride. Yeah. Yeah, please. Hunter? You can get one on the board I think here. I know more than I'm Four, being let on here. six, or eight? <laughs> eight. All right, number eight. That's fine. We can pick that one. In the 12 days of Christmas, on the fifth day, five golden rings are received. What are the golden rings theorized to be? <laughs> theorized to be uh, rings that are golden. Oh, You're gonna love these answer choices. Oh my choices. god, this is Dunter, such a fucking Dunter, joke. Thank you for this maestro of a question. Yeah, is it a a gold ring robin? C a gold finch? C ring necked pheasants? Or D gold ringed plover? <laughs> So obvious. <laughs> Clover. So these are all birds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you told days. It's mostly all birds, right? Like all the way through, it's right. birds. It's a lot yeah. of. You get a lot of birds. It's pretty much <laughs> birds all the way down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, that seems out of place. <laughs> you get all these birds, and then it's like golden <laughs> rings. <laughs> um, can I just hear the answers again? You got a glad ring robin. <laughs> Gold ring robin? Glod. Glod? Yeah. Written here as glod. I bet it's gold. A gold finch, a ring necked pheasant, or a gold ringed plover? <laughs> I'm going to just say, like, I have nothing to lose. Right. Let's go with the plover. I would have done the same. Because but it's just wrong. saying <laughs> plover is so much fun, but you're right. It is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> We're oh, looking boy. at ring necked pheasants. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't uh, read too much over the theoretical, <laughs> uh, you know, There's a lot of lore, a lot of, of interpretations. Yeah. yeah, my theory is low on 12 <laughs> days of Christmas, so. Thank you, Dunter. All right. Better, Max, can you close oh, it out boy. with a fucking turkey? Give me that four. <laughs> Number four. All right, let's see what we got here. On Christmas Eve, 1914... Almost one year into World War I, British troops spotted the very strange sight of Christmas trees on the German side of the fight in northern France. Yep. Then they heard soldiers singing a song in German, and the English responded by singing the song in English. Oh, my God. Eventually, the troops emerged from the trenches to meet, exchange gifts, and even play soccer together. Play soccer. Together. Yeah, absolutely. What song inspired this truce? Uh-oh. I Is know it? about the instance. But yeah, I remember the instance, too. I don't know about the song, though. Is it Oh, Christmas Tree? Is it Carol of the Bells? Might it be Silent Night, or could it even have been O Tannenbaum? It's either A or C, I think. <laughs> either A or C for sure. So George Carlin has a podcast uh, called The Blueprint Armageddon, which is like a six-part World War One history podcast. Each one, each episode is like four plus hours. George, George Carlin? Carlin? You mean huh. George? Uh, what am I thinking? The comedian? Yeah, no, not, it's not the comedian. Yeah, okay. The, Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin. Dan, I'm okay. sorry. Dan I was about to say, that's interesting. I would love to see yeah, he got George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, That'd be wow. awesome. I bet it's great. But Dan Carlin crushes it, and he talks about this exact episode. We've got A, O Christmas Tree, B, Carol of the Bells, C, Silent Night, or D, O Tenenbaum. So the beginning of the actual question talks about them seeing a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. 
But Silent Night would just be like perfect for that yeah. episode. Yeah. Silent Night sounds pretty good. There, there is a Christmas tree, but Silent Night would be even better. I'm going Silent Night. Wow. Turkey. Hey! <laughs> He's got it's the It's a Christmas turkey. miracle. <laughs> Give Christmas. me the points. <laughs> miracle. Jake, I'm walking Christmas out of Witty Banjo with a crown on the hungry, last Hungry, hungry hippo over here. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Coming up with the skunk. That's Max, okay. can you save yourself? There's got to be a silver medal here. We've got number six headed your way. Let's roll. Are you ready for yes. it? Yes. Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> Was written as a plea for peace during what? <laughs> World War II? The Cuban Missile Crisis? The Civil Rights Movement, or the Vietnam War. What? Do you hear what I hear, Max? I don't. Because I hear a skunk coming. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Do you hear what I hear was written? As a plea for as peace. A plea for peace. During which of the following? World War II, Cuban Missile Crisis, Civil Rights Movement, or the Vietnam War? World War II is <laughs> yeah, the <joy>. Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis. That's the oldest one, right? World War II would be the oldest one. Uh-huh. Gotta be a pretty old song, right? It could be. <laughs> oh man, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll say World War Two. You think it's World War Two? <laughs> yes. All right, you're locking in. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, hey! I thought it was. Yeah. Me. I thought it'd be like, you can hear the, you hear the, the rocket about missile. to blow us up. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dunter. Thank you for the question. Chase, can you just read out the final score real quick? I kind of lost track there. For I a sure second. can. Thank you. Well, uh, for Max Scott, we've got zero. Great. For Hunter, we've got zero. So do we just get under the table now? <laughs> yeah. Is that how this, we step this out, game works? Right? For yeah. better we max, we've got out. three. Hey! A perfect score versus two imperfect scores. <laughs> I feel like we should move in. Hunter's just been listening to us point. and knows our ins and outs, and so... Yeah, he knows how to trick us, for he, sure. He's in on the meta. Max K is That's in on the meta. He's above the meta. Yeah, he's <laughs> above his, his, Yeah, his, his frequency is way he higher He could be Hunter... Uh, he could be Wait, put it on the table right Excuse now, Max me. Keller. <laughs> All right, it's I gotta gather some. Yeah, I need to gather some questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that was embarrassing, uh, but it's the right. <laughs> it's the way it should be. It really yeah. because you don't want any three of us to be on top. No. You want to stink it up. Yeah. You don't I wonder what the grand total score to ended stamp up being that across all sure games. At some some point, we can probably tally that yeah. shit up. Tally that bad boy up. Oh man. But enough about us. Let's talk a little bit about, about our this guest? perfect score. Get yeah. in here. So you are the Christmas man, right? That's for sure. It's my knowledge. That's my, <laughs> my, my, my expertise. Is you're an intellectual, but only when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> for the most part, you're Christmas not really theory. that talented That's in anything focus. else. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas attraction, yeah. philosophy Christmas of Christmas. Nerds. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. But you recently moved down to D.C. Yeah, man. Right. First off, how are you liking it? It's excellent. Yeah, Good. it's outstanding. Look. Growing up in the greater Houston area, having competent public transportation. Oh my God. That's got to be weird. Unbelievable. I don't drive. Dude, and no, you understand you that? Don't pay for I travel gas. a lot and I right. don't drive. There's yeah. no speeding tickets. There's no car insurance. No one's rear ending me. Yeah. I'm not honking my horn. I'm not like focused you on the road. To, if you want, you can have a few drinks. It's space. awesome. Have a few drinks. Get around. It's outstanding. You can play your Switch. On the yeah, way to that's work. The real that's awesome. that's the big one. Are you yeah. kidding? That's, that's amazing. A, so what brought you out there? Yeah, it's got a new job. So it's it's been a crazy, crazy year. So I started off like January twenty eighteen. I'm in mission control. Sweet. Like I this don't understand year, this. It was nuts, man. It's been like a insane year. Going through all of mission control stuff at NASA, getting like the peak of my career in manned space flight. Uh, then Bree got a big promotion. So we uh, ended up moving over to uh, the greater D.C. area for her job. Wow. And I sort of mosey out there. I get like a, a nine to five, which is fine. I enjoy it. 
and then got uh, like a part-time job over at Barnes and Noble. So certain evenings, certain weekends, I, I mean, I'm selling books. So I got my nine to five, I have a fine salary. Then instead of going home and like video games or watching movies where I'm not like, that's not my huge, huge passion. I get to go talk to people about books. Bree's loving it. We live uh, in like a 500 square foot studio apartment right on top that. of a metro yeah, line. That sounds like how that goes. The whole the Smithsonian Network, all you know, all of it's free. They have rotating exhibits. The zoo is free. Um, it's just tons of stuff going on. Like it's, it's all it's, free. It's all free. Why man. is it free? Yeah, the I'm taxpayers jealous. pay for it, and then I go yeah. and I enjoy free admission. <laughs> You're welcome, man. <laughs> <laughs> like HW Hope passed. It's been fun, dude. <laughs> when like HW passed away, we all went and like they had the the uh, laying in wake over in the Congress building, and like we walked out there. And sat in line for like Damn. 90 minutes, two hours. Didn't go anywhere. We ended up leaving because it was like a five, six hour line to actually go inside the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. But I, we were there, you know. Yeah. Just cool things are happening in D.C., which is just kind of a fun community it to be around. kind of blows my mind that you went through like how many, how long was your simulation training to get into mission control? Dude, it was. Two years, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was supposed to be, it was pitched to me at 18 months. So I did like a year of training. Then they switched the program to where it's like now, the operator, what I was going for, was now going to take on additional responsibilities. So we had to like revamp the entire training schedule. So it was wow. like another year on top of that. Yeah. So eventually got it, went through all the simulations, met Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Know that whole story. Oh, that see was the picture, awesome. Dude. Yeah. And then <laughs> got, the that picture? was like such a ridiculous, like, no, you're messing with us for sure. And then just slowly over time. Yeah. Previews start coming out. Oh, yeah. Movie. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? Complete validation. Are you kidding me right now? So man, oh. it's been a, it's been a wild year. But so uh, yeah, it's I want to ask year. you: you went through like a brutal two year training period, and like literally the moment you finished, it's okay. See you later. And you say it's like brutal, but it's one of those things. You where, were like, stressed, dude. Come on. Oh, for sure. But it's like what? What's the opposite? Like, what's? Would you rather not be stressed? Like, would you rather like not care about what you do? Like, what's the alternative? I mean, there's a lot of people who do want to kind of just go and clock in and clock out. I, I would actually, I would say that's the vast majority of people. Well, I think it's, it's more so just that you are putting in such groundwork. Like, like I don't think that many people have to go through a two-year stint in order to have the job, right? right? It's usually just like, I went to school and I learned these things and like, I'm starting the job and I don't do a whole lot, but maybe after two years, I fully realize what I need to do. Yeah. But yours was like a two-year just to enter Right? right, and I think that's the the differentiating yeah. factor. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We got hired on as a, a class of sixteen people in like core disciplines of manned spaceflight, and then four of us being in life support. And of the sixteen people, eight of them washed out. Like half of the people that made it through the interview process didn't make it into mission control. Right. So yeah, you worked the ass off for sure. And like, it's one of those things. Like, I have a tip in my hat to my boss at NASA, who I told months in advance, like, hey, I I might be leaving here pretty soon, mm-hmm. with like. 25% shot, I was going to be seeing the door immediately, right? Just like, all right, we'll see you later. Today's your last day. We don't want you anymore. Sure. I was thinking like 50% chance I just sort of sit around and do some training for some other people. You know, the other 25% chance was just me doing like projects and like kind of just bitch work the rest of the year. And <laughs> yeah. like a decimal 001% shot that I actually get to continue training. And she greenlit me and was like, well, you might be leaving. You might not be leaving. The way you can help the branch the most is continuing your training and taking shifts on console. Yeah. So like I... Looking back on it, it's there's like a, a bit of fear that like you peak at 25, right? Like that's a bit of a fear. Like you did the coolest thing you'll ever do in your life yeah, at yeah. 25 years old, and everything in front of you is sort of like yeah downhill from there. Yeah, but uh, I, it's a chapel, right? Like Mission Control is like a, a church to a lot of engineers, and to me including. Like you, where well, you grew up in Houston, right? You have the Astros. 
the rockets, yeah, the comets. It's just Space City, right? So getting right. to be a part of that culture and that history of manned spaceflight is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life, something I'm extremely proud of. But then I get to be in D.C., and that's a huge, different chapter. Like I'm sure, Chase, you're feeling kind of the same way. You have a lot of things you're proud of, I'm feeling, and now it's a new chapter. Yeah. No, I'm feeling a lot of things all at once. I'm yeah. definitely oh, freaked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely nervous, especially as the deadline's coming up. I'm literally, in like two weeks, I'm going, you know? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to ask you, like, when I think about people who achieve things and, like, set goals and live a, like, almost, I would describe it as like a true lifestyle in the sense that Max Keller, I think you have sort of a temple of morals and ethics that you believe in and you actually live by them. To me, you are like one of the most straight shooting types of people there is in that way in the sense that like I taught myself ASL because I wanted to. I'm working at Barnes and Noble just for fun and I love books. I love chess. I did. I, I was at NASA and all that. How do you go about your life on a daily basis just evaluating how you spend your time? How do you avoid what you would consider wasting your time? Like what advice, honestly, do you have for other people? Yeah, Because I'll, I really do think that you're a pretty extraordinary dude. Uh, and I'll tail on to the question. I think that's something that's been struggling me is making sure that your actions actually align with your beliefs. It's really hard. It's, it, it, it's kind of hard because you don't... I think a lot of times you want to be able to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and say like, oh, okay, well, like, you know, I, I am into this. I am into this. I do believe these things, but like, come on, like, am I really going to hold myself to some crazy standard or something? Mm-hmm. And then it's easy to fall by the wayside where I'm like, I value health, but I haven't been healthy for shit for the last like six months, right? So it's like, yeah, I think it's a it's a difficult sort of thing to, to find people or just like uh, make yourself you know, actually align your, your lifestyle to match your actual beliefs and value system. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that jumps out to me and I, I appreciate the compliments, although I don't think I live up to that standard myself. Um, but the, something that's so humble too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm the most humble person, really. Uh, the, the idea that the Buddhism teaches is impermanence, which is a huge thing that I think changed my life and finding like impermanence to be like not academically true but like pragmatically true in every sense of the word mm-hmm. through meditation so the idea being like any given day the people that you around are like you think of them as like already dead like their their past their their death is assured in the way that the sun will set and rise hmm. in the same way that like the day that you're living right now will set and rise and you yourself are going to die and that's like you think of yourself as already dead not in this like academic way of like yeah death is a part of life and sure you remind yourself at least three times a day of your impending mortality. Hmm. And living in that impermanence makes you, I think, infinitely more appreciative of the material things you have, of the people around you. Uh, there's a kind of a cool uh, Zen Cohen, uh, a guy's holding a glass in his hand and he kind of flings it and it kind of gives it a, a flick with his finger and he, he listens to the notes and he's describing to the monks that he's teaching about this glass and how beautiful it is and how you know, when, you, when you, it holds water beautifully and you, it drinks very nicely. When you, when you give it a flick, it gives a very nice ring. Uh, but the glass is already broken. When he's holding it in his hand, that way if it were to break, you know, the, it's fine because it, it's already broken. So the idea hmm. that there's no like, really downtrodden spirit when things don't work out because of course it didn't work out. Of course the glass is broken. It was already broken the entire time. It, impermanence isn't some academic thing to understand in like, a textbook way. It's a way to live your life around everyone you meet all the things that you own. Yeah. So in that way, the impermanence, like I, you can't sit on your couch and do nothing for a week because mm-hmm. you don't have forever, right? right. That, that mentality of like understanding impermanence and internalizing it to me was a big turning point. And that's something that I 
appreciates in, in my mentality. And I think people's mentality that I meet, but the discipline to live it, you know, cause like you just kind of gave sure. us the code. Yeah. And like I said, like I've always been confident that you have that code. Are there, what are the times? And I'm asking you just personally, because like, even though I feel like every year I grow as a person, I always see the cracks and the faults or at least the things that I could get better at. Are you kind of still in that same boat of struggling? Like what are some of your sort of struggles like, you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think that's a, a huge part of, of Buddhism is that like, it's all about the journey, right? It's not, never the yeah. destination. So uh, if you talk to different Buddhists, you're going to get like people who are religiously Buddhist and that like, the Buddha is a God and enlightenment takes you out of the samsaric realm. So you're not going to be reincarnated anymore. There's not gonna be any more rebirth and your, your spirit is free. Right. And that's the religious side of it. And not something that I would say I ascribe to, I think just the Buddhist philosophy in general um, it's all about the journey. So I, it took me, I, I started studying Buddhism academically when I was 18, started practicing it when I was probably 20, 21. So this is six, five or six years of hmm. like meditating usually daily, sometimes you know, when I lapse weekly and I'm drinking alcohol right now, right? And the mm -hmm. lay Buddhist tries not to consume chemicals that alter the mind state, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's still a process, right? Uh, I, I became vegetarian. I've been vegetarian for about five years, trying to go vegan. I cut out a lot of cheese and milk, uh, it Have just, you had blue cheese though? It's love. It. <laughs> not boy. not in the Pungent. copious quantities. <laughs> but yeah, like my favorite food to this day is still like a buffalo chicken sandwich. I haven't had it in five or six years. It's still without a doubt my favorite food. So yeah, it's well, just, head yeah, on I over think, to Chili's, man. Make it a <laughs> yeah, day, yeah, right? Day of Dude, indulgence Fud for you. Yeah. Fuddruckers has a oh. buffalo chicken sandwich. <laughs> really? Oh my god! <laughs> they, they toast their buns, dude. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that, discipline is a muscle. And yeah, you work it out, man. If you if you just sit on the couch, you're not gonna be able to run a five k. You got to get mm -hmm. and start jogging somewhere. You just practice discipline, and the more you do it, the better the muscle is. And yeah, I have a long way to go. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of like when we had a, a deep cuts with Ahmed, right? And we had a discussion on you know the idea of living forever, and how that would change our perspective, and whether or not we would want to, given certain things. And the, I think that at the end of the episode, we basically said that we came to the conclusion as sort of bookshelf philosophers that uh yeah yeah like the the shortness that the boundaries of life are what make it beautiful constraints yeah doing everything that uh that you can within the boundaries of this timeline or this sort of you know a, a ability to be able to kind of uh move through space time the the fact that it's not infinite is what makes it actually worth something because if it was infinite, it's like, well, then fuck. Right. Yeah, you can do and you'll whatever. you'll get around to it. Yeah. Fine. You'll, yeah, you can always push it down the road. So, yeah. What are we out on time right now? 36 36? You yeah. guys want to keep, maybe do a halftime in an hour and, and roll into the next segment? I don't care. Because you guys were talking about chess, which kind of brings up just the competitive spirit of this group of people. And mm -hmm. I do want to get into fighting games a little bit, talk okay. about them this year. Uh, and, and also... You've been watching Overwatch, you've been saying? Oh, yeah. So how, how have you, how has esports been filtering into your life? Because we talk about esports like a good deal on this yeah, we sort could, of... Uh, yeah, we could start talking games. How do you not waste your life when you're so interested in esports? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Because I haven't figured out how to balance that yet. Oh, man. Oh. Getting into esports, you mean? Yeah, I just mean having like... Because you do, I mean, you say that you don't want to go home and like play video games and watch TV because it's like a waste of your time. But that's obviously still like a portion of where your passion goes into Yeah. when it comes to Overwatch and it's it like comes you don't to watching like, the competitive league. Right, you don't want to like, I guess when I say like video games flippantly, is it's not, that's not the, the, the proper tone that the, the phrase should entail. I think the idea of like going home and just like bullshitting right. and not like just playing a little bit, turning your brain off and just playing, 
Like, I think that's fine. And the human brain probably needs that every now and then. But I think, again, I, I just think, like, we behave in patterns. So if you establish a pattern of turning the brain off and just sort of doing whatever you want every evening, years go by and you, you've developed no new skills. Yeah. yeah. And that's, at least for me, it's, like, all about learning because life is so big, right? If you're sitting there not learning and not bettering yourself, either in your niche or expanding your horizons, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know, man. That, that eats me up. If I spend like three, four hours sitting at home not doing anything, I get antsy. Like I get like mm-hmm, something's yeah. wrong in Nervous my life. Energy. You know, like yeah. almost like I've eaten yeah. something bad. You know, no, nervous energy. That. Maybe that's a way to do it. Like if I'm if I'm reading books and knocking books out, great. If I'm playing video games to expand my understanding of the art, so I can then talk to you guys about video games or just be more cultured in that way, great. But if I'm just sitting there like playing overwatch quick play for seven hours and not trying to better myself not trying to like learn anything i'm just like turning the brain off just to play how do you not take things too seriously well that's another thing like i love chess love chess i think it's the greatest game ever made period full stop Mm -hmm. um in any genre but i'm not very competitive with chess yeah i I, there's a, a great beauty to the game where if i play with somebody and they make a bad move i'll just point the move out and why i think it was bad and they'll take the move back and then we just keep playing just because the game is beautiful right like winning isn't Okay, you won the game, but you didn't learn anything. You're not a better player for stomping somebody who's not good. I mean, I don't know if that is driven by what drove me by. I think that whenever I was a kid, growing up until I was about a teenager, um, I was pretty freaking competitive, or I liked competing, and I still do in some regards. But uh, but I think what happened to me was I was around hyper-competitive people, and I didn't really like it. Like, I didn't like being around hyper-competitive people. I felt like it, it brought about tense scenarios yeah. and people kind of show some of the worst aspects of themselves. And so I'm like, well, I'd rather just try to find a way to have fun as opposed to be competitive and win. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I asked about the seriousness thing because at least in the niche of the internet that I occupy, people take video games so seriously yeah. in the sense that, like, they want their criticism to ring true as if it's going to be written in stone and laid mm. out for all time. And it frustrates me. But at the same time, I'm someone who deeply pursues trying to understand the medium. And so are these people, you know, and I'm not going to belittle what they're doing. I just, the attitude sometimes is to me is something of like, too, you're too serious. You're someone who strikes me as like, you're very deliberate. So how do you, how do you, still have like levity and such what would seem probably to an outsider who isn't as disciplined to you in such like a rigid kind of lifestyle where it almost seems like people might say like, God, Max, relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that taking something seriously uh, and just being an arrogant jerk about it is different, right? So I, I think that being serious about something is vulnerable. Like being passionate about something is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And if you take that vulnerability and then make it like defensive to where like my opinion is true and you guys are idiots, it's uh, it's actually a really good insight. Then yeah, sure, it's gonna it's not gonna be fun. Like it's really just bringing about the insecurity in what you're presenting. Like almost. what's yeah. what's the goal? What do you want out of your conversation? A lot mm-hmm. of and a lot That's of these the people, questions yeah. you're asking yourself. What do you what, what's the point of your criticism? Do you want to further a conversation? Do you want to just be the best and brightest and just right. bring other people down? What what's your goal? Yeah, you know? yeah, a lot of people are trying to augment their own reputation, and I'm yeah. super guilty of that. And it's been something that I've had to like learn about, yeah. and now I recognize it very often. But the goal would always be like I want to be known as the expert, and I think a lot of people go through, uh, especially like games criticism, trying to 
portray that reputation, you know? But if yeah. that's the goal, then the goal isn't to further video game culture and bring people in and have learn as a people, yeah. have a good conversation to learn truth, right? Capital T, truth yeah. about video games. That's not your goal anymore. Then what, you know? Right. I don't know, man. It, it, to me, it's like a, it really brings the whole conversation down when you have people that are like... That the arrogant idea, right? They're not in it for the capital T truth. They want to just be right. They want to be a gatekeeper. Yeah. Technically. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. They want to have like the or, or, semantic Or a, a tastemaker mm-hmm. these days. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. An influencer. There you, you go. Will. If you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Silky Slick, where are we going next, dude? I felt like we just... I'm glad that we had that kind of conversation because it kind of reflects the deep cuts notion of witty banter that has been around for yeah. the years and getting kind of into the... The nitty gritty. Yeah, not not uh, being afraid to go a little more granular. Sure. Some of these conversations. We talk about the, the topics nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We talk about the deep stuff. But for now, why don't we just put a pin in it? Okay. A little bit of a break. Come back. Refill your Tell this guy what we yeah. really think yeah. about his rocket fuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Get back into it. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. That's, that's all of it. Okay, cool. Let's go. It's, it's about the silence in between. It really is. Yeah, because you Phrasing. make everybody yes. wait. Yeah. And then you deliver. <laughs> which is what we've been doing for years. Yeah. <laughs> make them wait. We're about to make you guys wait a little longer. This is a little yeah, You're going to have to wait for like another 30, 45 minutes or so. Oh, man. Uh, so what are we thinking about this rocket fuel so far, gents? Not you, Max, K, <laughs> biased opinion. Let's talk about the, with the beer enthusiasts here. It's you true. Know, the beer extraordinaire. Hey, guys. Oh, man. So, so, I mean, I'll say just out the gates. I, so we're drinking this just as a disclaimer to the people listening. I got a, a, a beer tower for uh, for Christmas, for which is reminiscent of the Prague extravaganza that you, yeah, had, for sure, cool. because yeah, I need it. I guess it holds what eighty eight ounces of beer, and there's a spigot at yeah. the end, and you... solid seven and a half beers worth or so, Ooh, buddy. Um, and I think when we pour it in like that, just the natural way it works is a lot of that carbonation rings out in that initial pour, going all the way down. And so right now, I think what we're drinking is a little less carbonated. It's not like filling up our gut maybe as it normally would, which I like. And, and the thing that I do like about this beer specifically is that like the disclaimer that I had him tell me about the 4.6 is it's just a drinkable dark beer. It's very light. It's light and drinkable. You can taste the milk sugar. Yep. You know, um, and just the slightest little hint of coffee, you know, and it's just very drinkable. If I want to chug it, I can. If I don't want to, I can sip on it and it'll still be good. Yeah, and the sweet, my kind of beer. The sweetness is like so subdued and it, it really is more of the flavor of that added milk sugar than it is like just the added sweetness. Yeah. That sweetness isn't there to offset anything. Mm-hmm. It's just there to exist. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. That's sort of like condensed milk. Yes. Taste, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is not so much. It's definitely sweet, but it's not about the sugar. 
It's about you know. the creaminess of yeah. the beer so far. So I think we all agree one out of ten trash one beer. Out of ten. Sure. <laughs> trash beer. Dude, we awful, saw the, awful beer. We saw the scrimshaw in the mm. the place that we, we always did that thinking place about, dirty. Yeah, dude. I was thinking about maybe going and just buying the scrimshaw and doing it on the soda and I just didn't do yeah, it. Yeah. We really like, did that one dirty. Yeah. <laughs> we gave that one like a five. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's one of the most pointed examples of how we don't know how far our palate has come <laughs> since then. we'll put it like that yeah. yeah between that and that bananas fosters beer or whatever yeah also oh, on on that one. pretty hard <laughs> but it's subjective we have our own opinions here yeah. we say the things that people are afraid to say <laughs> we take a stand we do take a stand <laughs> that is for sure man but it wouldn't be a witty banner show all right without a little bit of a review warning banter nation this may contain spoilers going hmm, on because yeah. everybody seemed to really like your last review hunter what happened hunter your critical voice in video games there is something like you're untouched <laughs> by everybody else right <laughs> and those who like listen to game reviews heard your review and they're like this is the realness yeah For this real. is like a real person he's not been jaded by like a lifestyle around the culture and you he's know got what I no mean? one to impress yeah he's yeah. got <laughs> he's got no talking points to <laughs> spew right right it was incredible yeah, no, I, I was really surprised by the outpouring of response. Good. Uh, especially Ian. Uh, yeah. Ian over at OK Beast was like just loving it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, good. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I'm glad that it seems uh, of value. So hopefully I can deliver a, a similar review on, on this one. Yeah, we got round two. So you have played a trilogy of games uh, that I recommended to you as a turn-based strategy uh, aficionado, if you will. Okay. What games are we reviewing today? It's uh, Banner Saga. Yeah, like you said, there's a trilogy, Banner Saga 1, 2, and 3. I think 1 was made in like 2015-ish, and then it spans all the way to where Banner Saga 3 came out uh, midway through 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's basically kind of like a cartoon, like almost, almost anime-ish, but it's set in a world where instead of Vikings, you have like these huge giants that are called varls that have horns coming out of their thing uh, out of their head and um, they're kind of like a main part of the storyline and then you also have just like humans and then you have a bunch of other different like types of people that are trying to escape this thing called the darkness which is spreading and um, and yeah that's like the main idea and the game is structured from a gameplay perspective as half of it is turn-based battles mm-hmm. the other half is like a choose your own adventure book where you have sway in the narrative depending on the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And the choices that you make could potentially kill a character. Yeah. Or you can, by the end of the trilogy, uh, in theory, your ending of the game could be much different than somebody else's, right? Correct. So yes. right off the bat, I felt like that structure alone was what was going to distinguish it most away from things like XCOM and Gladius and, and other things that yeah. you've played. Mm-hmm. How did you enjoy that kind of choose-your-own-adventure twist? Yeah, I, it's hard to tell. I mean, since only having done one playthrough, I don't know how much the variety of endings and, like, the ins and outs. Like, a lot of times you can't tell whether or not what you're saying is going to have an impact or not. Yeah. Like, there are some times where... There was actually, like, one or two times where I something happened and then I, like, failed and I had to go back and do a part again. And I was like, let's switch it up and do, you know, a different option. And then nothing happened, right? It was, like, mm-hmm. the same outcome kind of thing. And I don't think that's all the time. I actually feel like this is a game where... I remember playing Walking Dead. Right. Um, So-and-so remembered that. Feeling, yeah, feeling like it. they said that it's a choose-your-own-adventure, 
But it's like, I don't really feel like the choices I'm making are actually impactful, you mm-hmm. know, like feeling like that didn't really result in a difference in the game. And then there's like the Witcher where like you are, you're just going through and you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. So then you'll have something way down the road that'll play and you're like, oh, I fucked this guy over and now he's going to come in. And it's so like, that's really, and I feel like this is a nice in between where it's like, okay. you know, some, some of the things are just, they're just going to happen. And I don't think they make it makes a difference. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of for telling a different story, I guess, flavor. Right. And then there are other things where I could tell, like, you know, if you go to, if you go with this guy, then, like, this sets of events are going to happen. If you go with this guy, this sets of events are, are going to happen. But I still think it ultimately is going to loop kind of to a similar ending. Like, they have yeah. to have a some sort of consensus on the ending. And so. that's the limitation, honestly, on the human brain's ability to design yeah. video games and branching paths. It's right. really hard to create a web of contingencies. And that's why a game like Detroit Become Human in 2018 was so impressive because you can actually see the web and it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> so much that can change. Yeah. I want to ask you, before we get into the, the gameplay side of it, mm-hmm. uh, with the the actual strength of the narrative, the, the plot points, how it unfolds, was it a good story? Was it interesting? Um, it kind of has, I think, a melodramatic gravity to it uh, mm-hmm. and being like an escape from Ragnarok, an escape from the end of the world yeah. kind of deal. You've got different um, races of fantastical beings, so mm-hmm. there's that fantasy kind of Game of Thrones style uh, flavor to it. Does it live up to its pedigree, you know? I I would think that they thought that the story, like they had a little bit more self-importance about the story than maybe should have been I feel like that out. happens so often in games. Um, I don't think it's like a bad story, but like considering that the story arcs over three games, mm-hmm. um, I think you would imagine that there's some sort of like catharsis to like all, all these, you know, developments that are happening in the story and all the things you have to read through. Like you'd kind of hope that there's some sort of like big payoff at the end or something that really kind of threw you for a loop. I didn't really get a whole lot of that. I feel yeah. like it was just like, I, I, by the end, I was pulling a Witcher where I was just like jamming through the, yeah. the because I was like, I just don't want to read this anymore. I mean, right. it's, it's a lot of reading. And they have visuals where you're seeing the characters who are speaking. Um, and they have lots of, par- or le- not lots, but they have parts where you're hearing the voices of those people speak out. And that's the part that I liked. I was like, why didn't y'all just, why didn't y'all just uh, narrate all of the stuff that I'm having to read right now because I don't want to have to read through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to listen maybe, but the like the reading isn't good enough for me to really get into this whole game. That was my personal opinion. Others might feel completely different. Sure. But. Yeah. I mean, and also just the realities of game making. It's just cheaper to have them read, have you read. It, it just you know? yeah, and it just felt like kind of like I think that if they really wanted to deliver on just like full quality, it would have been having a full voice over on all the stuff and uh, and then ma- making your animations not just stills the whole time mm. because it's mostly just stills of your character and then they're like blinking or like looking the other way every yeah. once in a while. But like they have some scenes where like they're actually kind of moving and doing stuff and reacting and I'm like, but that's the money. Like that why wouldn't you, you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think maybe they could have made the uh, story much shorter but spent more time on yes. those animations Absolutely. instead of drawing it out. Yeah, I think they could have made the story less like prevalent 
mm. that like the story is driving all the battles necessarily. Like yeah. I think you just have battles for the sake of battle sometimes. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and that kind of goes into the, the gameplay of it is like the, I think one of my, you know, like the last review is like, I have goods and bads that I like. Right. Um, I like the fact that, you know, basically as you go throughout the game, especially going from one all the way to three, because uh, Banner Saga 1 was pretty narrow. The amount of types of players you do, the types of interactions you have. Like classes? Yeah. Not that many different types of players, and it wasn't... It, I don't think that it was like even enough to where I was like, basically... If you play the game, you're going to want to play with the Varls, a.k.a. the Vikings. I'll just call them Vikings for everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, you just want to play with the Vikings because they're the biggest and the strongest, and they have the best stats. And so it's like, play these other guys. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I'm, yeah. And you don't have to, you know? And so... Right. Um, so the balance wasn't there then. I, there was I, no need to really engage with a lot like you they spent development resources on that yeah and you could ignore it yeah and that's it, honestly a failure and it like, was kind of in some sense it was frustrating too because talking about how the story plays into the gameplay and how it drives it you would just arbitrarily not have people on your team you just be oh they, well you don't have those people yeah right now and i'm like i get that sometimes like it it's like if i have a huge split in my party and it happens um you know i think most of the entire entirety of the game's are all like from two points of view. Like you have one person over here doing this thing and you have another person with another party, another group doing this thing. And I'm like, I'm fine with not having full access to both parties the whole time. That makes mm -hmm. sense, right? But then like, you'll just have a thing where you're just like about ready to get, and you've been fucking souping up your guy <laughs> and you're like giving him items and shit. And he's like, well, he's not available for this one. Yeah. I'm like, but where'd my items go? Yeah. You know? um, so do you think that was more... Um, them trying to inject variety for variety's sake. I think I think I think they probably knew at some point that they're that people are gonna do what I did, which is to play with the fucking Vikings the whole time. Yeah. And they're like, well we gotta have them play with the horseborn. Like <laughs> we got like they need to try the archers at some point. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well the archers are weak as shit. <laughs> They'll die in one hit. So why would I do that? Yeah. And like like for the archers, for example, talking about like variety and mm -hmm. not kind of it's, it wasn't even because I think the movement was a big issue that I came across. Right. Basically that, you know, you, you have the grid that people are working on. They can move a certain amount of spaces or whatever. But, like, I have an archer, right? I have a fucking arrow that I'm shooting across the map. I would <laughs> at least think I could go, like, ten tiles yeah, with seven, that, ten. you know? And... You literally have to bait people to get, like, you have to get close enough to where they can move within one turn to get to your guy. And your guy's like, well, it's, it defeats the purpose of being a distance attack if I have to get close enough yeah. for the guy to have, get in one turn to come get me. Right. And I'm weak. You know, like, I'm a weak motherfucker. So I can't, like, you know, it's like, why would I play with that? But maybe <laughs> you were going to soup that up later down the line had you played <laughs> with these items. characters. It sounds like you were just playing with level one archers the whole time. Well, and it's, and it's kind of weird, too, because I, I liked and disliked the fact that different characters had different, like, uh, potentials. Um, so you basically have five metrics. There's, like, you know, the ability to sort of, like, break armor. There's the ability to, like, have armor. Mm -hmm. You have, like, health and strength, which are the same tactic, like... As your health goes down, your strength also goes down. Um, so you're, le you know, not able to be as, you know, uh, cunning. Hard. Yeah, hit as hard as, as you get weaker. Um, 
And then you have like the ability to sort of spin these hit points. So those are the five metrics um, that you have. And everybody kind of has like a different level. So you'll just like randomly have a character that's the same class as another character, but this guy has 15 strength and the other guy has 13. And it's like, I don't mind that they have difference differences, but I'm like, I'm always going to go with the 15 guy. You know, why would I ever play with the 13 guy? And like, this is only like a very, you'd have to put me in a very specific situation where I'd ever want to play with these other guys. Hmm. So I'm almost wondering if like the classes should have just been set, you know, just like uh, the way that I differentiate the players is not based off of their potential for stats. It's it's just like, I want this guy to accomplish this. I'm going to build him out this way. I want this other guy to accomplish this. I'm going to build him out this way. So one of the first things you said today when we came in and we were kind of going over what the review would be was that you just said the gameplay was slow. And yeah. a lot of people in the reviews knocked the game and criticized it for that. Um, how did that damper your experience? What what was sort of the negative aspects of gameplay besides sort of the lack of strategic uh, necessity? Yeah, I mean, like like what we were saying in the car on the way over is like, you know, you start on two different sides of a battlefield and you're trying to maneuver yourself so that you get the first attack, right? So it's like, okay, well... I don't have any advantage for just charging in and like getting real close to you, but not hitting you. So I'm just going to like kind of bide my time and wait for you to come to me. Right. But then that means that the whole front half of your game, it takes you 15 minutes before you're interacting with the other guy. It's a long time. And it's like third, it's like a, that's an exaggeration. It's probably 10 or so, but, but your base movement for most of these characters is like four tiles. And how know? big was or how big are the Any, maps? Like yeah, maps. 15? Maps. Tip. I mean, they they range. They actually had decent maps. I didn't mind the maps, um, but it could be as big as yeah, anywhere from like twenty by twenty, you know. And so if you're starting on the either end, it's like <laughs> to get midway or on their side of the court or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes a long freaking time. And you there can wasn't only move a, three tiles for free. And there wasn't a lot of strategic variety in changing how your. Uh, pieces were set on the board essentially it was just like if we could just cut the middle out of this thing and scoot us all up we can get to kind of the business quicker yeah basically. and they had some maps that were like that where you're kind of starting in each other's grill which is fine like i'm okay with that but yeah there's just i don't know it's just with when i compare it to a game like xcom yeah where you know you basically have like two moves one move is to uh, kind of like move within like a smaller range. And then after that, you can kind of attack or you can do all er, any other thing you want to do as your second move. Or you could just spin the second move to move, right? Mm-hmm. And it's for free. Yeah. And you can move like 10, 12 tiles with this person. It's like that's, it, it allows for your game to go faster mm-hmm. because you're not just strategizing every freaking tile. Yeah. So I think that was, that. it definitely slowed it down and, even though I got through all three, I just binged the shit out of it. Yeah. But like, it took a long time to get through some of those battles that weren't even like necessarily difficult battles. Sure. You know? Are there any much much longer range characters that would make sense to have on these twenty by twenty fields? Not really. And that's what that's what's frustrating is like an archer. If I'm gonna get in a guy who's an archer, I would expect so they're a smaller person with less health. I'm expecting that they're gonna move faster and farther. Yeah. And reach farther. That's the whole point. Yeah. And I have to, I still have to bait them. I still have to go in and get within four tiles because unless I have this one move that's like a special move that I have to spend hit points on and it's like, you get another three tiles, you know, and it's like, you know, it's just kind of, yeah, it's not satisfying. So when it comes to XCOM, 
Massive Chalice and now the Banner Saga. Mm-hmm. The kind of core gimmicks that exist outside of the battle system themselves for Massive Chalice was the dynasty building and maintaining. Yes. For XCOM was the scientific base and research aspect. Mm-hmm. And then for Banner Saga was the actual narrative. Which of those... Well, and there's also kind of an Oregon Trail aspect to Banner Saga mm-hmm. as well. Because you have a party and you're like leading them just in a horizontal 2D plane. That's kind of cool. It can be, <laughs> yeah. but it's also like there's times where you just start out with no supplies, mm-hmm. and so you're just you're just draining people, draining you know like it. It wasn't difficult. I, I liked the aspect. I liked the Oregon Trail concept. Sure, the execution I'm not so sure, yeah. <laughs> sure about sometimes because you would just have a, a cutscene where it's like, okay, we're going from Oregon Trail mode to just you going in on this specific area mode. And this, they're just walking in a line. You're going in on the specific area mode. Yeah, they're walking in, in a line. It's not, it's not a pulling time or it's not pulling resources from you. You just have a view of them walking along a landscape and I guess like showing off the background. Yeah. But it would take like five minutes and you're like, I can't speed this up. <laughs> like, you know, like... I just Enjoy wanna, the art. Yeah. I want to I know from you basically having played these three different games that have their own similarities but also have their own gimmicks um what to you just makes a good turn-based strategy game like i know you're at the point now where you're fairly experienced in them mm-hmm. i know you have your likes and dislikes in all three of those different games what to you speaks best and what do you want to see out of the genre as it kind of continues to move forward you know yeah i mean i you know like we talk about fighting games a lot right and we were even talking about how y'all are saying i think dan and kage Mm-hmm. Might be the same sort of like kind of like base move models almost. Yeah. Um, same. Rig. I don't think that you. I, I think a variety of different types of characters that are balanced, that truly serve different purposes, but are effective in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, that's key, and and that's like what I didn't like about Banner Saga one, but then I ended up liking about Banner Saga three is like by the third one, there's like twenty different types of players that I can use. Banner Saga 1, I really felt like there was like five, like five to six. And I was like, this is not, this is not doing it for me. Sure. Um, I think also having, yeah, just interesting setups, interesting maps, not feeling like you're just getting randomly gypped uh, by a computer. I mean, I think it's important to have certain things that like catch you off guard and make you surprised because you can't plan for everything. I think that should be like, you know, a motif in any turn-based strategy game. But like, um, you know, like when I'm playing... When I'm playing um, XCOM and I literally run straight up to a character with a shotgun and there's nothing impeding me <laughs> and this character is big and slow <laughs> and I can't and it's like 95% and I whiff it twice in a row. <laughs> it's like, that is fucking garbage. You know? Yeah. It's just like, that should never happen. And that's what, and that's the thing is like, that'll, I think that'll always stick to me is like, if I ever help or give any input on any turn-based strategy game, I would like there to be more spots where your execution of a task actually plays into how well you do. Because with, with, uh, with Gladius, it's like there's a bar, and you have to time it to a certain point to hit a critical. You hit a critical every time. You hit a normal sometimes. And then if you go past a critical, you miss. Mm. And it's like, that was perfect. Because yeah. you can make it different. Like, different heavy attacks would be more difficult on the slider and all that kind of like it's an execution based practice i can actually practice and get better at this yeah whereas like in other things you just you're like 
well, I'm going to spend all my, or like my entire game plan goes around this guy going up to this Making dude with a shotgun, yeah. Yeah. shooting him in the face. Rolled and the then dice. I got my, you know, and then that, you know, it, it needs to be a little bit more like. Less arbitrary. Yeah. It, it, it feels arbitrary sometimes when it's just like, well, this guy, <laughs> you know, that didn't work. He sneezed. Yeah. So um, I think just having something that's predictable in, in the mechanics but not a predictable um, story or not a predictable uh, set of circumstances that you're put into. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, dude. I I really like Massive Chalice because you get to, you actually have stock in the families that you build Mm. or whatever. Like a different family is a different class of warriors that they train. Yeah. And even like that one family can have different types of warriors, but they specialize in one, you know? So you're like, oh man, like, I got to keep the Johnsons like, you know, well fed and away from the brush or whatever. So (laughs) I just, I just think that your critical, um, your, the, your, you've honed your critical tool set around video games a lot this year and even in in previous years. And you kind of used to like say like, Oh, I don't game as much as my friends do, but I do think you actually game a whole lot. And it's been, it's just a completely different yeah, I like single player. I don't like multiplayer. Like I'm just getting into DBFZ. Um, yeah, I, I, I allow. I, I like just letting myself kind of sit in it. I think mm-hmm. so, and I think that's a little different than wanting to like get online and compete and like really flex your stuff. Game after game. So yeah. then, what is it about like these turn-based strategy games that you find so appealing? Because what it sounds like to me is that you don't like the arbitrary nature of what comes from most of these kind of games, right? Which is very like walk up, press a button, did you miss or Get whatever a dice sort of roll. thing. Dice roll kind of situations. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to like that. You don't seem very invested in most of these stories. In fact, it seems like uh, it kind of gets in the way of a lot of things, especially with like the Banner Saga. You said you didn't really even care that much. Yeah. What is it about turn-based strategies that naturally brings your attention? Or is it just because you were into XCOM and the kind of sense thing you've been looking no, for something? I, it's really probably more Gladius. Or Gladius I was I really say, into yeah. Gladius. Uh, the thing that I like is just that I can I can plan a strategy. It's chess, but instead of instead of having you know only one thing that this piece can do, it's like this guy has a variety of options that allow me to kind of set up maybe a more complex strategy to try and accomplish whatever task it is at hand. Right. And so I like I I like the fact that I can I can be very uh, diligent. With with trying to execute a strategy, and then when it doesn't, and then when it doesn't work, it's very easy to see why it didn't work, right? You're just like, oh, okay, well, like I thought this would happen, that didn't work because X thing happened. Okay, like so now I need to readjust my strategy and like keep this in mind. Whereas like when I'm when I'm just playing like Call of Duty, like I just respawn and get fucking hit in the head, and I'm just <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm not gaining a lot from that, and I don't I don't like the reactiveness. I like just being able to sit in it and kind of just be like, these are all the outcomes that I think could happen, and then this is the one that I think is most most prominent, mm-hmm. most prudent. So nice. yeah. no, I like that. Yeah. I feel that. Well, so what would you would you suggest Banner Saga to um, Banter Nation or no? What I would suggest is just playing Banner Saga 3. Like, I think 1 and 2 are just uh, proof of concept to say, hey... You know, Banner Saga Three is worth playing. Yeah, because um, the 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 an, the animation is exactly the same, cool. um, and unless you're just dying to know about the backstory, which you could probably just like read really quick, <laughs> you know, in a synopsis somewhere, 
I mean, it, it will start you off at a place that you'd like, I have no idea what's going on. That's fine or whatever. But it's, I don't think it's terribly important to have fun in the game, but I would say if I was going to put, uh, if I'm going off of Banner Saga 3, because I don't want to grade necessarily the first two because I just think that they're just not as good, yeah. like, objectively. If I'm going off of 3, I'd give it, like, a 6.5. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, good. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. like Room to grow. Yeah. Lots of things that if you just, like, watched me play and you asked, do you like that? I'd probably, any given thing could be a yes or no. Hmm. But ultimately, it was a good experience. It's up my alley as far as type, you know. So I liked the idea of the Oregon Trail and the idea of the Viking kind of thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's just some execution things that I didn't like. Right on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much for that review. Absolutely. Of course, another stellar review. Yeah, man. I don't think it's a knee slapper, slapper the way the other one was. The other one. <laughs> this one was more serious. No so Paul Bun broke down. No, absolutely. This is a deep no, cut, Paul man. Jones. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're getting to the nitty-gritty here. And before we head out of here, I do just kind of want to talk to you guys a little bit about what we each kind of have planned for the future. Because maybe witty banter is ending. Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. But our lives are not <laughs> ending. <laughs> are not actually ending. And we're both going to be still in, like, you know, the space, you know, of, like, the either the internet or whatever you want to call it, the public space. And I'm sure people are kind of interested in kind of what's happening next to everybody. So I kind of wanted to go around the horn. Um... And just, you know, maybe what you like, what you expect to do in the future or anything that you might want to be doing in the future or anything that you just kind of want to talk about yeah. that you have on the horizon, man. So let's gonna go- kick us off. You do it, Chase. Yeah, Chase. Yours is the most obviously like what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So we need to fill up as much time as possible. So if you could just talk for like 25 minutes, <laughs> sure. that'd be great. No, I mean, I'm going to get to Germany. And within the first few months, I need to get an apartment. I need to receive my belongings, which I was able to pack all of my household into 10 boxes. Like four or five of those are like small boxes. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. Um, And I want to just get an apartment that I can grow into a little bit. And I've always been kind of into interior design and stuff like that. I want to invest in some furniture and just like make my place like my sanctuary, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And... The as far as I understand, you don't really go out to eat or like go buy coffee at cafes as much as like I would in San Diego. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a more, much more self-sustaining thing. So I'm excited to make my place like my home pad, right? Right. Um, but I need to just immediately immerse myself in the language, and I have to be very diligent about asking people to please speak to me in German so I can practice because I want to be fluent as soon as I can. And it's gonna be it's gonna take probably several years. It's probably going to be a never-ending thing, honestly. Like, we know uh, Ian's wife, Cal. I would say she's definitely fluent in English, right. but she's still learning every day yep. uh, and ask questions. And so, and I mean, she's getting and she's getting her PhD in the English language, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. So, <laughs> I know the ceiling will pretty much never go away. I think a goal would be like, can I read? There, like a lot of very famous philosophers are German, and it's like, can I end up getting to a oh. point where I can read German philosophy in German? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm like pinning my my goal, my hurdle, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, I just want to see as much of Europe as I can. And while I'm doing that, I want to continue to read and study. I'm, I think I'm basically at two two boundaries in terms of scope of what I want to cover in a potential book with one more boundary left to be staked out. And it's just been kind of like how Max Keller was talking about just spending his time 
doing things that are fulfilling in themselves because lazing around for three or four hours makes you like anxious. Whenever I just put my nose to the grindstone and like read and take notes, it passes time and it, it's always fulfilling. I always feel like I, it wasn't time wasted. And so I'm just going to continue to study. I want to continue to write. Um, and I'm also going to just decouple from the internet a little bit. Like I, I ultimately think that social media brings out some of my own just like neurotic aspects of my personality and like doesn't make me better. And yeah. you got to cut that off. You know, I can't deny that it's brought me, honestly, some of the great relationships that I have now came through yeah. that. So it's that really weird double-edged sword. But I want to just focus on my hobbies and my passions mm -hmm. and get new hobbies and new passions. I want to try spirits I've never had before, honestly, through witty banter and drinking whiskey. Like, I just love spirits a whole lot now. Yeah, and yeah, I want to yeah. continue to, and I want to drink like German wine and things like that. Um, and yeah, just get involved in their culture and then even see if there's a new one after that that I can get into. Like, there's no sense in stopping. I want to continue to dedicate myself to fighting games. I really don't think I have grown much in my skill this year, but I th also think I sell myself short a lot of the times with like how well I perform. But I still love Guilty Gear and I, I really like Dragon Ball Fighters and I want to find a group to play with every week offline over yeah. there. Like it's, right. it's something I want to do because I want to be better. Um, and yeah. so that's kind of what I'm thinking. And honestly, if I can even, you know, max better max robot too. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Get an eye down from across the table over here. <laughs> We're about to, what are you guys going to do? You guys going to hang out? Or? <laughs> We're about to room. record. We we're about to record the greatest game, and I've been even yeah. thinking, like, can I turn the greatest game into, like, a 15-minute weekly episode where I just review the notes that I took that week right. or whatever, mm -hmm. things like that. Because I still have my podcasting equipment. I love to podcast. You know, it's yeah. it's something that we've developed over five years now at this point, so it's still a part of me. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I, I it's, an it's a point where I'm achieving goals that I'd set out that I thought would take me a long time to achieve, and so now I actually have the privilege of forming a whole new set. And that might even be like going to art school or teaching, trying to learn like even like architecture, architectural drawing or something like that. Nice. That's where my mind kind of is. Yeah. Cool. That sounds awesome, man. Well, best of luck to you in Germany. Thank you. That's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. I would love to come see you Please. and come visit you out there. Is the main mode of communication going to be texting? It'll probably be texting, uh, maybe even on things like WhatsApp or Line. Um, Meals or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or Skype. Yeah. And stuff like that. So yeah, it's gonna be weird. You're gonna be in a different time zone. That's what I mean, and that's, that's kind of the main reason. Yeah, that's kind of the main reason why this show has to come to an end. Is yeah, we've done international casts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're difficult, and the production I think suffers. And not only that, but either you guys are recording in the morning before work. That's not a deal. Or late at night, and I'm recording mm -hmm. at work uh, before work, or we're recording on the weekends, and like I don't think one of we don't I don't think we want to dedicate none of those sounds super <laughs> <great>. exactly, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the truth of it. Yeah, you know. Sure. Um, so yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be cool. Are you so you're pretty like scared? I mean, how do you feel about having to learn the new language going into this? And you know, I know that you're like pretty conversational. I know that you said that you just want to like immerse yourself as much as yeah. possible, but how do you feel about just like when you land, yeah, you have to find an apartment. And when I'm in America <laughs> and I speak fluent yeah. English <laughs> yeah. and That's I got to go terrifying. find an apartment, <laughs> it still sucks. Yeah, dude. 
I'm very fortunate that I'm being offered through my contract like a relocation agency that's right. pretty much going to handle it for me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there you go. that helps a lot. That's but huge. there's going to be a moment where I need to schedule dentist appointments, mm-hmm. haircuts, different things like I need to go to the grocery store and order a pound of meat. You know, like right. whatever it is, like every single thing that I take for granted is now going to be a challenge. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's just going to make me like better and like more for apt sure. as a human being in the world. And once Absolutely. I have this under my belt now... I can just continue to ratchet that shit up. Because mm-hmm. this, this is like a purely, maybe not purely, but like almost purely American problem to have of being like, we speak just one language. Yes. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And like, you're going to be so, oh, only are you Luckily, be in it's the best language. Yeah, thank goodness it's the top one. Uh, <laughs> you bring some you are, freedom over to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also going to be just in the center of like a bunch of different cultures, not just yeah. German cultures, which is going to be a lot of, you're going to be able to take advantage of that, like being mm-hmm. able to like the way that we transition through states, you know, and that's yeah. bizarre to me. Like I was even talking to uh, Max about being in D.C. and how f- quickly we went through states. And that was already weird because I live in Texas, yeah. which is one state, but it's a huge state. So it's so hard for me to get these like different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be yeah. know, a cool experience. And even when I did like the Colorado road trip this year, there was something about it. It was like, I just want my eyeballs to see as much as they can right. see. I want to take in as much as the world has to offer so being in a location that's central to so many different sights and sounds is just like, this is a perfect opportunity to take the energy that I have now and just open my eyes to everything, you know? Right. Yeah. Pushing to high gear. That'll be cool. And plus you, you know, you're getting married and everything. So that's also pretty cool. I'm also cool getting too. married. That's yeah. also one thing to just throw week. on. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's pretty insane. It's so. exciting. But I do want to ask you, you're almost done with school, right? Yes. You are graduating in summer. May. So, and you've been in school for a while. Uh, yeah, I did this really unique program. It's kind of like a doctorate, yeah. except for you don't get a doctorate. <laughs> you just, you just choose all you the just don't get the recognition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the <laughs> flair of having an MD. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're gonna be graduating with sign language interpreting, right? What's yeah. the plan for you, dude? Uh, I've got some jobs lined up. Um, it'll be very cool to work within like a smaller, just physical area. For mm-hmm. me, I think that right now I am very, not like stressed, but I just feel like I spend so much time doing like the least optimal situations, like mm-hmm. driving really far, yeah. driving to other people's houses, driving you know back to mine, driving to work, driving to school, and just different things that I feel like take up a lot of my time. Um, I'm really excited to just have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's way different a to have career. a career. Yeah, kinda, and a career, yeah. Are you, you going to kind of be like a contractor of sorts? Yeah, for the most part, I'll be contracted out to different like things. So I'm very excited about the uniqueness and, and the different things I'm going to be doing. Quitting your other job now, or is I there mean, an opportunity where you keep them both? Like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of depends on how I feel. I might like maybe try to work a couple nights just because I'm going to have you know some student debt and stuff that I want to be able to pay yeah. off as fast as possible, and a couple yeah. extra you know hundred bucks a week would be great. So, but I mean, at the moment, I would rather just try to keep it as simple as possible. If I can just have like a job where I wake up and I'm like going to my career and I'm doing this thing and then like I have a more conventional lifestyle to where I can participate in things with friends and family that Mm -hmm. I normally couldn't because this job adhered to them, that had a lot of like social anxiety to me that I like really despised. So I'm excited for it. And also just to be doing something that I'm like really proud of. Oh yeah. That you clearly have a passion for. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. Like I feel very confident in like approaching the career field and there's a lot of different things. I'm excited to try a lot of new things. Like I'm not going to be able to jump into anything that, 
I don't have like a solid idea of what I'm going to be doing exactly just because I'm going right. to try a bunch of different things from education fields to court to medicine to entertainment and the things yeah. like that. So, mm-hmm. or it might just be always fluctuating between them, which is also something that I think is very appealing as well. Yeah. Do you, you see yourself leaving Houston ever? Do you have any desire to move? Yeah. I'm not like stuck here. I mean, obviously, like, it wouldn't be optimal for me to graduate and leave just because I have, like, career opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be definitely working into those for at least a little while. But depending on how well I do, I'm more than willing to move just about anywhere that this job could take me. Yeah, because what I feel like um, recently in our friend group, I feel like I almost assumed that, yeah, everybody wants to move all over the place. But mm-hmm. that's really just something that's been with me. And I think Cole shares a little bit. Right. And I think you guys are a little more um, rooted in, mm-hmm. in like being where you are. And so yeah. I was just curious, like where mm-hmm. that is for you guys. You know, I know Hunter wants to have a home here. So you're staying in Houston. But I was I didn't know, Max, where you were at with that at all. Any, any desires to see different cities or live in different cities or anything? Yeah, anytime I ever like visualize my future or myself, I've never thought like I'll be in Houston. Mm-hmm. But I never particularly thought I'll be somewhere right. else, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's all just different goals that I set for myself that I can pretty much do anywhere. But I think just moving or just visiting other places, I just, you know, given my lifestyle and situation, I just haven't really had all the opportunities to go and see a bunch of different places. And then because mm-hmm. of that, I feel like I'm like a little bit less cultured than I would like to be. Or just like, you know, just less enlightened or just you know don't have as many ex- experiences i would have liked to have so yeah got that university up in dc man that's what i was Come thinking hang out with your boy your boy my yeah. sister lives up there too yeah, so man. it would not be out of the got a network yeah absolutely and plus yeah it's a huge spot to be for sure um but i mean other than like my career with sign language i really do want to get more invested with like fighting games and being more a part of that community and more like this directly point, it sounds like it's not even about a particular fighting game no, you I just, just want, want to be in the group. Just want yeah. to be in the gang, uh, whether it be with like the Houston scene or some other sort of national level where I can like you know express myself through some medium of like YouTube you've or got, streaming yeah, or something. And, like you've have got the talent more than I think our anyone else in our group does, and so I think it would just be satisfying even as your friend to be like ah, he's finally broken through in some way. Yeah, you know? and just to make myself known for whatever because I think I can do it. I think I have you know the personality and I can hang. Tactically, yep. yeah. you know, so I we think that would be cool. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm, and I'm, yeah, like in other games, like you, you can just come in with fundamentals. And- right. Um, and with that, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know exactly what I want to do with that, but I think with my free time that I should be getting now being out of school, mm-hmm. it'll be a lot easier to like be more involved in that. So yeah. pretty much that and just trying to express myself in every way that I can artistically when I feel like I haven't had all the opportunities in the last few years of my life, just from being busy and stuff, I'm excited to like really explore those avenues instead of just like getting things done. That's going like to be do. So it's mm. going to be very sweet. You're always been a good artist. Yeah. Man. Yeah. What about you Hunter? So, yeah, I think my, yeah, my future is pretty planted. I'd say right now, at least, um, I don't really have any grandiose plans to leave, uh, where I'm at. I like living in Texas. Um, I like Texas a lot. Yeah, I think Texas is like worth, you know, rooting no in. No state tax. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm super proud to be a Texan, especially yeah. having left Texas, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I love Texas as well. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm still kind of laying out my long term career strategy 
as we speak, right? Like I'm still in the initiation phase of sort of proving my worth, growing, establishing work ethic, establishing the ability to solve problems, manage teams, manage projects. I think all that is something where eventually I will reach a point in my company where I say either I want to keep going and go all the way or I feel like I am not getting as much um, utility as I am output and I need to figure out something else that I want to do. I have no idea what that would be or even when that will be. Um, I imagine that when I'm hitting around the third, like I'm 30 or so, maybe the next two or three years, um, I think I'm going to start having those deliberations on kind of what's the re- the longer plan, you mm-hmm. know, after this. But yeah, now still groundwork professionally and kind of going back to what we were talking about before is just like, I'm just hoping that going forward, you know, Woody Banner was a, a creative outlet for me, even in just the most minimal sense, just because I got to put beeps on stuff. Yeah. And uh, I got to kind of continue flexing my editing muscles whenever my computer would fuck up or whatever. And um, so I actually got to apply myself, um, you know, in this software and allow myself to kind of grow in that aspect. And so it's been very fulfilling. Um, But yeah, work has been just kind of creeping up as more and more and more priority as far as how much of my bandwidth it's taking up. And so I'm hoping that, you know, if, if Witty Banner kind of falls through and, and it's maybe a while until we can kick it back up or something, um, that I can allow myself to really, like we were saying, like apply myself to the things that I value and that I enjoy, which are, I do like being creative. I do have things like Brethren, the anime, or um, even just like, do, like, I liked doing the crypto YouTube stuff. Like, I th- still think it's fun and I enjoy it, but like... I'm not super passionate about it right now. I mean, the market just sucks, and no one, no one on the internet knows to talk about. They're just like, well, you this know. This is when the true fans come up. Yeah, I it's know, like when right? your team is zero and six. I or just something. don't. Yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything interesting. I feel like I can say right, right. now. So I'm, I'm sparing the audience. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I really just want to re reinforce myself that. Um, Yes, like you can try really hard at work and, and work really hard and make you know a good life for yourself doing that, but also um, live by your values, which are like, I want to get more healthy. I want to get um, back into being more creative with music. I haven't done music basically like at all the second half of this entire year. And the longer that I'm out of it, the longer it's going to be for me to like really get the train back rolling, you know? Um, yeah, just pursue more endeavors develop more skills, be more interested and curious in things. I think that's what I need to challenge myself in doing amidst all the other stuff that I like from a life plan standpoint want to do. Like I do want to like, we're probably going to get a house this next year. Some point I'm going to like get a dog. Right. And like, you know, all those things are going to start unfolding too. And that's going to take up even more bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So it's like finding that nook of time for myself to be able to do the other things and not waste it by like mindlessly fucking, yeah. bullshitting you know for yeah. three hours at night <laughs> yeah dude. Right. that's we've all been the, there that's yeah. kind of yeah that's the main thing i'm gonna need to tackle going forward i think yeah spaceman max i'm hesitant to ask you max because you've already achieved everything <laughs> well possible and then whatever you'd probably tell me that you're going to achieve in the future it's probably it's gonna make me angry so <laughs> like cancer's gonna be thinking the past year in the next couple months yeah. so i'm <laughs> on to that you know figure that out <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a new city, so I think we're kind of in the same boat where there's a lot of exploring to be done. 
you can sit in your apartment and you can just kind of exist or you can explore the new amenities that are around you in a, a different surrounding uh i think brings forth new opportunity and it's you know, no one's gonna knock on your door and say hey this is a cool thing happening you want to go do it no, you have yeah. to go explore and figure out kind of what's going on so uh that's been something i've been doing a lot of and it's something i'm excited to explore more about with, with dc in the, in the upcoming future uh, i'm a man of hobbies something i just enjoy doing so i've been training uh krav maga like Two or three times a week for the last couple Ridiculous, months. Dude. So that's been super yeah. fun, dude. It's like a it's like for a all fighting the style. Yeah, knife fighting, right? Yeah, it's like it's a mostly unarmed. It's like Israeli defense fighting system. That's like more street fights. It's not like a martial art in that there's like jujitsu with certain moves mm-hmm. and you don't punch, you don't do certain things. It's not like an art in that way. It's like do you feel how to confident? win fights quickly. Do you feel more confident on the street? More confident than before I knew anything, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do a little bit of sparring, like I've taken punches, which I haven't before yeah. doing this class, I'd never taken like yeah. a punch, a hit, yeah. you know, yeah. which I'm doing now, which I've really, really enjoyed that. I think looking forward, the goal is to finally get into balance, like the triangle, right? With the intellect, mm-hmm. the spiritual and the physical. And with my nine to five, I have tons of intellectual uh, stimuli. I'm doing my, my craft stuff, which is a lot of physical. Uh, so it's like if Barnes and Noble can be thought of as like spiritual and that I'm like talking to people and learning about their interests and kind of not being self-centered in that way that's kind of a stretch so right now my spiritual side is kind of lingering so now i'm trying to get back into meditation which will probably take away from something else so always trying to get that that perfect uh triangle is always obtuse trying to get that perfect <laughs> triangle man for sure that's gonna be the first album of gandhi at the game yeah. <laughs> the triangle, triangle. <laughs> always obtuse and i think i agree with hunter i think looking at my life a lot of it is consumption I'm consuming media. I'm playing video games I haven't made. I am watching movies I didn't take a part in. Uh, I'm reading things I didn't write. Mm. I'm just consuming nonstop, right? Which it's also nice to create and try to do something that uh, maybe if nothing else with my time and find somewhere I can volunteer at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that'd be something to look forward to and and to stop pure consumption and that I can actually be a well, it sounds like you're cre- that you were able to create some pretty wicked D- uh, Dungeons and Dragons scenarios. So. So that's been super fun. Yeah, doing a little bit of DMing. And and you've established and that a little bit in DC. Yeah, I played with a couple of people, but again, it's like my, the the time is so thin, right? There's so many different opportunities. How do you want to spend your time? Yeah, because and Dungeons and Dragons tough, takes man. like three or four hours. Yeah. Sometimes. So now, do I want to do that, or do I want to work part time at Barnes and Noble and talk to people about books? Yeah. You have to start making tough choices with your time, you know? So right now, I'm on the Barnes & Noble train. Uh, if that becomes something I don't enjoy, then... Which they call a bullet train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, you just you, know, you quit that, and you spend your time doing something you'd prefer doing. Yeah. But I'm also curious, talking to you three guys, uh, and I know this is the last episode, you guys have touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious to get your sort of waxing poetic thoughts on what witty banter has meant to you. Mm. I know that, you know, you, you and Chase have... A long history with this where you did it for a while totally different style uh kind of put it on the back burner for a while and picked it up randomly and i i think it could be anywhere from an afterthought you guys kind of did this for whatever for fun and it's not something you gave much thought or much effort into and it's kind of whatever you just enjoy doing it right or it was a huge impact and you, it was a jumping off point for you guys with recording and and getting over to fear of public speaking and that kind of stuff getting over vulnerability so i'm curious what this podcast has meant to you yeah. And your feelings of it closing out. Is it a big deal? Mm-hmm. Is it something that you knew had to happen, sort of in the realm of impermanence and it's kind of whatever? Yeah, it's in the finishing realm out, of who impermanence, cares? Yeah. I'm kind of curious where you guys are where you guys are at mentally with that. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Um, I guess, so for me, I think 
after the way it initially was established, it was a way for me and Chase and eventually for me and Max and Chase to just keep up with each other and to enjoy each other's company, talking about the things that interested us, right? Um, obviously, it's sort of formatted, right? It's not just complete freeform discussion where we're just meeting up and bannering right. about whatever bullshit every day. Um, but um, I think it was a, a, a tailored prescription for me to want to keep up with some of the my best friends, right? Okay. Um, and so it definitely served that purpose. I think it was also just a structured creative outlet for us to um, challenge ourselves to come up with content, to stick to like a schedule and like be a little entrepreneurial about it. That's what I really enjoyed too. Even the sense of like, it might've been in very small ways, but there were times where I liked to be the one who was like, all right guys, it's like Thursday. We record on Friday. What's the show going to be? And I liked poking everybody and be yeah. like, all right, time for a head count. You know, like that was even fun for me. Right. And I, you know, I think, I think we all bring different things to the table and, and it, it was like a low risk entrepreneurial adventure where if it got any sort of recognition, then awesome. But I, I don't think, and, and we had, you know, some ideas where we would think maybe we can do this and spark up a little bit more, um, you know, interest. But ultimately it was still, it would always kind of re- like come back to just us hanging out, us being able to just sort of, uh, you know, shoot the shit with each other and talk about things that, you know, we thought were interesting or funny or just, you know, worth kicking around for a little bit. Um, and so I think I, you know, I definitely took it as a commitment. And I know Chase uh, and Max have also taken it as a commitment of time and effort. And, like, we wanted it to be a polished production. Yeah. You know, like, when we missed, you know, if we had to miss a week or something, like, we didn't like that. Or if, you know, if we didn't, if we came to the show with nothing, that wasn't ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we wanted to feel prepared. We wanted to feel like, you know, we were actually contributing something of value um, that's worth listening to and being proud about. And so I'm proud of it. I know um, I try to slip it under the rug every once in a while talking to people that, yep. you know, I'll be like, I'll tell we'll be talking about something and I'll tell Mandy like, yeah, we talked about that in our podcast and we'll be around a group of people <laughs> and then they're like, wait, you have a podcast? It's going to be weird not having that in the back pocket. <laughs> I, I, and I think I will actually refer to it uh, po- posthumously. Right. Right. Like I just will say like, yeah, we did a podcast for like five years. There's like 180 episodes and yeah, we just talk for an hour about stuff we like. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, less of a plug because it's already behind us. But, sure. But yeah, I know. I mean, I'm really proud of it. I think it just shows a lot of dedication. I think we lasted much longer and had had, you know, funny and interesting worthwhile content that wasn't but it wasn't um processed, you know. I, I still think it was pretty authentic and when we didn't have anything to say, we tried to keep from just rambling. Yeah. I think we did in some senses, sure. but I think we tried to keep it from just like doing it because we have to do it, you know. And I think that's what I'm proud of. And I know like you going through your interviews, talking about how it helps you kind of formulate your thoughts and speaking yeah. and being it's, confident. It really has saying. developed a certain, like a specific skill that I think I'm going to take with me through life and just yeah. being able to like kind of turn on and force conversation to happen or be uh, comfortable with long form conversations and holding different points that someone had said in my mind so that I can continue them once they're done finished, you know, once they're finished speaking and like keep things kind of rolling. That was definitely a skill that got developed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it meant to me. It was just, 
being with my, with my friends, trying to make something that was valuable and authentic, um, keeping to us, keeping to a schedule and wanting to actually have an outlet for us and, and, and make it quality. So yeah. I think that was my thing. And I think we accomplished it. I mean, I don't think that we have, uh, you know, thousands of listeners or anything, but I don't think that that's necessarily the mark that you need to measure it against to say that it was worth doing. Yeah. And there was a hot second there where we were like, okay, let's aspire to that. Let's right. see if we can grow this. And we kind of started going through what I would call are just the motions of what you're kind of supposed to do to grow the audience. And like, we just, none of us had a real burning desire to keep up with it. And yeah. all those efforts always just sort of petered out. And mm-hmm. I eventually just said like, okay, yeah. then that's not what we're going to do anymore. And that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that when we first started the show, I think, we always started it with the idea in mind that it was actually a three-man show and that Max Scott yeah. was that third person. Yeah. And so, like, Max, what was it like for you to come on 50 or 65 episodes in mm-hmm. and then also, like, eventually host? You know, I, it came to a point where I was like, I don't want to host the show anymore because I feel like I'm just tired, you know? Yeah, it was a curveball for me to... Uh, whenever it got brought up, you're like, oh, I think you should host. And I was like... Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to relinquish the reins. Right. And I think it came, I think it was for the best. Like, I think Max has been yeah. a supernatural host. Um, Got the segues. And, and, there's, er- and there's like eras to the show now because of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Everybody has their favorite season. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a right answer and a wrong answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Dick. Uh, no, no, no. It was super fun to just kind of get on. It was, I think, very easy for me. It was almost like... Um, it was like a baby that had already kind of grown a little bit, so I kind of skipped the diaper phase. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, we I'm a part of the family. We t- I helped raise this thing." And you're we weren't like, shitting our pants anymore. Yeah, you played with it when it was playing video games and stuff, and you're like, "Yeah." Uh, but no, it was it was really cool because I think you already had some like semblance of a following already kind of going, and it was easy to kind of jump into the movement that was already happening. Yeah, which was very cool, and also eventually hosting. I mean, that was that was fun. It was out of my comfort zone at the time. Mm. Uh, the show in general has helped me become a better speaker, even in like my academic work where I have to interpret backwards, right? Which is from ASL to English. Yeah. And I think I can present myself far better than most of the kids in my class just because mm-hmm. they don't have as much uh, practice with public speaking or yeah. just speaking in a manner that feels fluid. I think it's like you know? focused speaking, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's a different style of we've, speech. We've talked about it when the mics go on and you're saying we're going to start, Things right? change. Yeah. It's like we're recording. Yeah. So, you automatically go into a different mindset on like who you are and how you present yourself and stuff and getting to hone that every week. Yeah. Trying to present yourself and your ideas in like the clearest, most straightforward way possible. Yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, it was just really fun to hang out with you guys and be a part of it because I think from afar, I was always kind of jealous of it just a little <laughs> bit because I would listen to your podcast before and I was like, man, they're having so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You were about Austin. to start up uh, one with, uh, you're about to start up one with Andrew, right? Oh yeah, or something we're, like something I, along those I remember lines. us talking about having like tribes of podcasts that we were gonna we were gonna and... clash them together. I think that's still on the back burner. I believe the yeah. idea of that podcast was to take a group of characters from a show or thing and then assign what beverage they would all drink, and it was gonna be really funny. Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but that's gotcha. still in the works right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, maybe 2020. Workshop like that. for sure. Pro drive. <laughs> yeah, I'll need another yeah avenue after the show closes. Uh, but I mean, other than that, man, I was just really appreciative to be on the show, and it was yeah. a lot of fun, of course. And I did learn a lot about either like what was going on and the culture that I wanted to be a part of, or was already a part of. Mm-hmm. And also, I learned a few things about like beer and alcohol and stuff too, which is cool because I can bring them out every now and again. Again, yeah. and just throw Sprinkle that out there in. 
And then as long as they didn't ask me any more questions yeah. after that, I was good. They're like, oh, the cool. And I'm like, all right, now I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I just never came back. And they're yeah. like, that guy was intelligent. I, and I think that's kind of what all misses, even when we first started, because we did quick fire news. Like, we did like 12 news items or whatever yeah. at a time. And, uh, and and we still, even later on, we were still doing some news-related things that might be current. And I think that's just, that'll be something I miss, is like feeling like, oh, like we talked about it on our podcast. Like, I already have some sort of basis of even, yeah basis yeah. Of, of how at least three people think of this yeah. thing right whereas now like i don't really have that many other avenues to like consume it not through some just a media source right yeah and uh and yeah i think that's i think that was super valuable as well mm. i'm gonna miss the games i think that the games Dude. were really funny yeah man. and i think some of them were some really good ideas yeah like meddler magic will always go down i remember the text conversation yeah when it started <laughs> yeah being like yeah that kind of sounds like a metal song like yeah like can you even tell which one it is and it's just like what if we had oh a game and it, just <laughs> this way. and it started up and it became such an iconic part of the show and then all the other games too were just fun and they're always fun to make even just like classic like trivia games were always mm -hmm. just like fun and engaging to make and the meta, the meta was fun. Yeah, and yeah, balancing the meta, meta for the people and just trying to <laughs> dupe each other. Yeah. Well, it's just it was it was always nice too as well. Yeah, there's some banger moments. I start to look at it now, the whole of the portfolio of episodes that we have almost as like a time capsule too. Like yeah, I'm actually really excited to have all of these indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And who knows, in like ten to fifteen years go back and listen to them, and be like, this is what twenty two-year-old chase thought yeah, about sure. these things at this time yeah and that's pretty crazy to me yeah you know when we first started too, like i do remember being like rather boisterous about having a podcast and i did want people to listen to it mm -hmm. not in the sense that like oh i, I want to get famous and i want people to hear my voice but it was like i'm doing this thing i would really it, i i really appreciate when you listen to it mm -hmm. and we would get just random feedback from friends like Nick White, like shout out to Nick White, who was a huge listener in the yeah. very like first beginnings when he would say like, yeah, dude, every time I listen to y'all's show, I feel like I learned something. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's huge. You yeah. know, that was nice. Um, and so anytime someone would just in passing said like, oh, I listen to your podcast or just the first time that we had more downloads than people I knew, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know who's listening to this, but yeah, somebody is, you know, and that was pretty cool. And there was even times where just the the trappings of everyday life mixed with the uh, the personalities that we have and our longstanding friendships gelled in such a way as that created like tension. And I know I'll be able to like listen back to certain episodes and remember when I was like moody or even when I was having issues with um, myself or with our relationships and times when those issues were bullshit or times yeah. when like they weren't. And I'll be able to like reflect even on my own personal growth um, between like how we interacted with each other yeah. in that way, because there, when you're when you're making something and decisions have to be made, there's times when not everyone's thinking the same, you know, yep. which should be obvious. And like, yep, those were interesting times too. Um, but I also look back at just like the opportunities that we kind of forced uh, to yeah. make happen, which was one of the big ones was doing the brew day at. Thirsty Planet, that was yeah, huge. That That's was huge. something that I'll take with me forever. Mm -hmm. um, getting invited to the barbecue yep. was super legit. Having our own booth with our own banner with our logo on it. Yeah, that's probably the most legit I maybe ever felt. Yeah, dude, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then honestly, like meeting you, Max, and having you uh, invite us out to NASA and getting to tour the back rooms of the NASA facility is just something that wouldn't have happened unless this project 
yeah. was ongoing, sure. you know? Um, and that kind of stuff is just crazy. You yeah. Know? Like we're lucky to have had experienced those things, but we also made that luck ourselves. And so I'm proud of us yeah. for that. I'm proud of how fluid we've been in the dynamic of the show and the fact that like kind of consistently we could get together in a powwow and say like, what do we want? What do we want to change? What do we, what do we want to see that's different? And we'd all kind of have like an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just, now the impetus is on all of us to continue talking to each other without having this thing, having you the, know? the forum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which might be, might be difficult and it might, make us grow in different ways. Like who knows, you know? So like that, that kind of time capsule mentality is how I'm ultimately looking at it backwards now. You know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, not being a part of the show, but being an avid listener, it was always wild to listen to all of the, the, the banter and it makes it feel like you're in the room, right? As a listener, I feel like I'm just kind of eavesdropping on you guys' conversation. So it was always wild when, you know, a year would go by between seeing you guys and then I, we, we would all meet up and to me, we're good buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you guys talk every week. I'm we up to date with what buddies. you guys are up to. I know your sense of humor. I know what you guys are into. Uh, and then it just could have dawned on me like, oh, well, I haven't actually been speaking back. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, I really enjoyed listening to it. And it's a, it's a sad day, but a new chapter. I'm excited to see what's in the future for everyone. Yeah. Totally. And I just want to read a few of the messages that we got online. A uh, few farewells because... They're, they're very nice. First one comes from Alex Van Aken, who, of course, was awesome. a, a guest a couple times. A great yeah. Host. He's yeah, a yeah, great he's, guest. Yeah, he's I a boss. Say. Yeah, brought the movie always. reviews, always made really good <laughs> episodes. Really funny he stuff. He says, thank you guys so much for the entertainment throughout the years. I started listening back in 2016, and it's been a staple ever since. I had a blast coming on the few times that I did. We will miss you. Hmm. So, thank, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. That's Thanks, awesome. Alex. We got another one from Eduardo, who I think Eduardo also kind of cemented himself as like Eduardo. an awesome Super fan. Super fan, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and also someone who like I now talk to outside of the show. Yeah. And he's like one of those people now where it's like, I can't wait to meet up with this person and go travel the world with this guy, right. which is also something that this show, the opportunities that this show brought. Yeah. He just says, how dare Chase follow his dreams? Congrats to you, awesome dudes. Um, of course, joking that, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure he's very supportive. <laughs> I bet he uh, actually uh, is. <laughs> so then we've got a guy named Chris Nelson who says, I started listening during the summer when you had NATO, Ian and Alex on. And that was the time when, when we couldn't be on. When you guys yeah. couldn't be on. And we had the OK Beast takeover, basically, which I love that episode. Yeah, too. it was a good one. Yeah. He says, thanks. He says, I've been hooked since. Thanks for all the laughs and entertainment. I'll, ha- I'll be having a nice alcoholic beverage or two during this last episode. Love you guys. So thank you very much, Chris. That's great. Oh, thanks, yeah. Chris. That's and then lastly, we've got one from Rick Greeley who says, I just started listening. You can't stop. Me. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. And <laughs> I do want to give a special shout out to people like Ben Ebig, who right. yeah. were a major contributor to the show. Tony Wozni, who is kind of like a last yeah. uh, a last comer who started sending us a lot of email. Yeah. He's the dark horse at the end there. For sure. For sure. Israel, who always supplied yeah. us with like really thought-provoking questions, mm-hmm. um, who wanted to hear what we had to say about like a variety of things. I'm always regretful that we couldn't end up getting him on the show. Yeah, I know. Uh, Cause he's a really smart guy. And like I said, shout out to Nick, Nick white from back in the day. And then also a huge shout out to Dunter for basically every week, sometimes more than once a week yeah. supplying us with, um, emails, which led to content, Yeah, content that we didn't have to just have to source say, out yeah. of nowhere. Right. And it would be regretful not to mention like how big, um, Dunter's present presence was in the latter half of the show's lifespan. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. No man. Oh yeah, really special. Like shout outs to all those people. They just made it a lot 
more fun, I think, to get on here too as well. Because mm-hmm. you felt more like you had a purpose. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You weren't just shouting into the abyss. <laughs> as someone, as someone may have emailed into us and said. <laughs> no, also, kidding. thanks for the support from you, Max, and from coming on and being a part of the show. I don't even remember how we kind of ended up syncing up with you again and rolling you into our lives once more, but it's been a treat. Yeah. You know? Very yeah. glad. Yeah. Very glad. Oh, man. Well... I'm hesitant. We're gonna call it to say this. Kind Someone of stuff. say the eulogy. Any <laughs> f- any final words on this trash beer? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very the beer's good. great. Unfortunately, it's really good. Yeah, the beer's fantastic. Um, drinking spirits over the past year has right. been an awesome opportunity too. Uh, so. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to find a new excuse to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to find a new excuse to drink all the time. <laughs> Maybe that'll okay. be crippling anxiety. Maybe you yeah. just need to buy a beer tower. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you here. <laughs> we're just recently sponsored. Oh uh, man, buy the beer tower. The but, banter beer tower. <laughs> but thank you guys again for everything. Um, inviting me onto the show, of yep. course, and for just all the laughs, man. It was yeah. a really good time, a really good real. ride. And I know it's not gonna end with us personally, but yep. still Feels like the end of an era for sure. It's not impossible that we fire it back up once or twice. Yeah, we'll have a third annual finale. Yeah, a holiday special every now and again. Um, But one last plug. Let's do it. If you want to listen to all 182 episodes, I mean, there's like 220. I guess 220 (laughs) with all the the extra sods, the 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 side shows, right? Uh, You can always go to www.wittybantershow.com. On there, or it's just all of our episodes, some fun photos and things like that. Uh, if you want to go to Twitter, you can follow us at Witty Banter Show. You can follow me personally at uh, actually Street Farter Five. Street Farter Five. That one up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is going on? I love it. <laughs> yeah, the Street it's like Farter I love Five. It. Really funny stuff. I'm a funny guy, obviously. <laughs> uh, you can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. You can always go to uh, Hunter's YouTube channel. Pretty soon, the market's going to go up. Yes. For sure. I'm going to have so many things to say out. when things are good. <laughs> gonna, absolutely, man. A little bit subdued for now, but uh, awesome, <laughs> awesome videos on there for sure. I don't know if there's anything you need to plug about yourself, Max. Negative. I know you stay off the grid for the most part. So his off address is actually 114. <laughs> 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 Phone number. <laughs> guys are in D.C., uh, let me know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, absolutely. You got a place to stay on top of a metro line. We got the whole, whole Smithsonian network at our fingertips. Very cool. No, I'd love no, to make it back dope. out to D.C. for sure. Without further ado, gentlemen. Final beeps. Adios. Make them count. A be do be boo. pop 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 beep beep. Beat up pop. Beat up pop beep boop. A lot of different ones in there. Yeah. Yeah. Classics, new ones, soft Bye, ones, everybody. hard ones. <laughs>